Well, it is 200. We've hit our 200th episode. So today we have something different. The team hit me up and they said, we want Jess, which for those of you who don't know, is my wife. Jess is going to interview me and ask me a whole heap of questions. Now, I'm nervous as shit for this interview because it is my wife. So I don't know what she is going to bring up and I'm pretty sure she has a habit of trying to embarrass me. So anyway, let's get into this podcast. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Driven Mofos, welcome to our 200th episode. Now, for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute, where we focus on business mindset and lifestyle hacking for driven mofos. And the reason why we do these episodes is that most people waste their life and we just don't want you to be one of them. So it is a 200th episode. I'm here with Jess, my wife. Say hi, JT. Hey there. This is the first time she's done a podcast with me. Now the podcast is audio, Jess. So the majority of people will be listening to this on audio. So she's sitting there waving to everybody, (laughs) thinking that she's on the screen, but it's only the people who are watching this on YouTube that are going to see it. So for those of you who aren't watching on YouTube, which is like 99% of our audience right now, They can't see Waving Hun. So anyway, let's get into the 200th episode where Jess is going to interview me about the 200 episodes and I'm assuming a whole bunch of other random shit as well that I am probably going to get in some trouble here. Anyway, let's go. (laughs) Hey, how's it going? Oh, so there's no personal questions. All right, so well, that gets rid of most of my questions. And you said, hey, how's it going? I'm pretty sure they can't answer that question back. As you can tell, podcast, (laughs) podcast rookie here. How is everyone? If you could just send me a random pigeon messenger here just to get that answer back. All right, let's go, JT. All right, here we go. As you can tell, we do take the piss out of each other a little bit. All right, let's go, JT. What's the first question? What do you have? Well, based on that intro, it would be, why are you annoying? Hey. (laughs) But no, we're going to start with um, focusing on the podcast. So Mm -hmm. why did you start the podcast? So I didn't really want to do another podcast, that's for sure. I've been flat out the last couple of years because we did go through, as you're aware, we went through this pretty harsh phase of business growth, which I think a lot of business owners go through where the business scales and you take on a lot of staff. You know, I was pretty stupid and pretty ignorant. I think as are most business owners, like you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what those next steps are. And as you're aware, JT, you know, we just grew and we grew and we onboarded a heap of staff thinking if we can just bring on more staff, I can delegate a whole bunch of stuff, which then frees up my time to do the thing that is the most cash flow generating task in our company, which is the delivery of our events like Thrive Time or our business growth odyssey. And so we started on boarding a lot of staff and, you know, all of a sudden we're in deep shit because, you know, we have a Christmas break and we essentially have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars going out of the bank account. I mean, sometimes weekly just for wages and all that sort of stuff. And so it just created a whole bunch of chaos. And so we spent the next 12 to 24 months just digging ourselves out of that hole. And I had to learn a lot. We had to put a lot of infrastructure in the business. We had to remove a whole bunch of ineffective and inefficient staff members. And so it was really, really stressful. And a lot of people had hit me up over the last three to four years since we did our last podcast. The last podcast, for those of you who don't know, it was called the Mojo Master Podcast. And it went number one on iTunes and we were number one for a while on there in self-help and education, I think. So health, for whatever fucking reason, because it wasn't a health podcast, but I would interview people. I sort of enjoyed it because I was interviewing a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I had access to. And some of you are aware if you've been in our business growth odyssey event or around the community for a while that I have access to some very, very high level people. So, I mean, on my phone, 
my contacts list is probably worth anywhere between one and $10 billion. And that's billion with a B. And I've got friendships with a lot of highly driven, highly influential people. And so I wanted to be able to share that with other people, hence the original podcast. But what I found was we just got to a point where I started interviewing people that I wasn't really wanting to interview, but I felt like I had to produce a podcast every week. And so it just became a bit of a burden. Essentially, I interviewed two people that I didn't enjoy interviewing. I thought, you know, fuck this, because they were both there to try and sell their own products and programs. And it was so obvious they weren't there to serve the community add value, entertain or anything. It was just that they came in. I mean, one of the guys came in, he's like, how do I make money from this? That was his first question. Like, not even like, hey, thanks for having me on the podcast. It was just like, how do I make money from this? And I was like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you're here to help and to share knowledge and all that stuff. And if you do a good job and people like you, they'll go and follow you. And then from there, you can run your own sales processes and all that. Like, you know, my philosophy is add value and value will come back in return to an extent as well. Like there are a lot of cheesy, cheap people out there as well who want something for nothing all the time. But I think you can filter them pretty quickly. Like I know a lot of the great people that we have in Business Growth Odyssey started there from listening to a podcast or watching one of our free webinars. And then, you know, they it sparks their interest and then they realize they can learn something. And most of them being business owners or just being intelligent people realize that there's always a value exchange. And if you want to get in depth and you want to solve real problems and you want to really grow at the level that you're capable of, then, you know, there has to be a commitment by both parties and a payment normally creates that commitment. So anyway, it just got to a point where I wasn't fulfilled in doing that podcast anymore. So I decided to cut it, which I sort of regret in a way now because, you know, we still could have been number one and the guys who were a couple of spots below us. They now have some of the biggest podcasts in the world. So, you know, there's part of me that regrets that a little bit. But anyway, a lot of people in the community kept coming and saying, you know, we want you to do a podcast. I think a podcast would be great. Like I listen to them every morning. I would love for you to share some of the knowledge that you have. Yeah, I just wasn't really keen on it. And I think you sort of twisted my rubber arm a lot and kept saying, you know, you need to do a podcast. But for me, it was just another burden. And then I think one day you came to me and you said, well, what about... What about this? What about if you just get on the mic and you talk about whatever the fuck you want in an unstructured way with no timeframes and all that, which is how I like to work. You know, when I work, especially as a coach, I like to be able to solve problems and I like to be paid well for the problems that I solve. As in, you know, you can hire a coach for two years and that's cool. Like you can pay them 30 bucks a week. But after two years, have you solved the problem that you had two years ago, or you're still trying to solve that problem. Whereas I want to be paid well, come in, solve that problem in an hour and then get out of there so that you can go on and make more money. And so it's like that old analogy, you know, there's that guy who the engine doesn't work and he comes in with his hammer, looks at the engine, spends 10 minutes looking at the engine, hits it, and all of a sudden the engine starts working and he writes an invoice for $10,000. And they said, well, can you do a breakdown of the invoice? Because they're unhappy that they had to pay so much. And he said, 10 minutes of time was like, you know, a hundred bucks. But then the 30 years of knowledge to be able to know where to hit with the right strength in the right place and everything like that. And that amount of knowledge over 30 years or whatever equated to $9,900. And that's how I like to operate is I like to be able to get people results quick. I like to be able to move fast because I know that time is our most valuable asset. And the more you waste people's time, like I could have clients for 20 to 30 years. But I don't think that that's effective. I think that it's way more effective to solve a problem quickly which is why I get called in some businesses and someone will spend one day with me in order to solve a problem that they've had for two years. And I'll be able to solve that problem pretty quickly, but I want to be paid well for that. So I feel rewarded as well. But I can also reinvest in my knowledge, my learning, a lot of other things. I think when you came in and said, look, you can do the podcast however you want, just freestyle, talk about whatever you want. That's definitely my style because I like to be able to solve problems. I like to be able to help people in the way that I think I can. 
and being on the phones every day doing, you know, whether they're sales calls or whether they're marketing calls or speaking to the community, there's always problems that are popping up in their businesses or in their life. And 99.999% of them are mindset problems. And so if I can hop on the podcast, talk about some of those things that pop up in either people's businesses or in their personal lives, then for me, like I feel rewarded in that because I feel like I'm doing something that's helping people because these patterns keep coming up. So I think that's why I started the podcast. And essentially, it's a good lead generation for us. Like a lot of the people that are listening here have probably been to our events because of this podcast. And so there's a lot of people who are coming through to our Thrive Time event because, you know, they're listening to this and they're getting good value. And like, you know, on the podcast, I can only go so deep. I would love to be able to go really, really deep with human behavior. But like, you know, Thrive Time, even in that event, I'm spending four days with people and we start at 10 a.m., finish at 10 p.m. for the first three days. And then it's 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. the following day. So, you know, we're spending a good amount of time with them. And you can watch the changes happen relatively quick because you've got that immersion. And so I think that there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast as well who go, shit, this is interesting. I know I need to learn more from this guy. And so it sort of is a foot in the door where then now I can build trust with people. They get my knowledge. They get that I'm not the same as most other motivational speakers that we're just going to get excited for two or three days and then you're going to crash and burn afterwards and end up in a rut or self-depreciating or beating yourself up or feeling like you're not good enough. So I think it builds good relationships with people to then be able to move to our events where they're going to get the real results. I think that's why it started in the long, short story. So anyway, (laughs) just do what you normally do. Just look at me in that weird way that only a wife can look at their husband, which just says, shut the fuck up. (laughs) So, you know, I talk too much. So yeah, that's a good segue into the next question, Michael, which is, I know you like to talk. What made you think, hey, let's do this every day? Sheer stupidity. I mean, if I ever used drugs, I mean, I could say it was drugs, but it definitely wasn't drugs. It was just stupidity. I don't know why we did it every day. I think I look back now and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, it's been tough trying to do it every day. And we started seven days a week, but we found there was a big drop off over the weekend. We might reassess that now because we're looking at the numbers and the data to see if, you know, seven days works better than five days. What we saw was that over the weekends, there was a huge drop off of numbers, but then they picked up pretty quickly on Monday mornings. Obviously, a lot of the people who listen to this want that Monday morning inspiration, motivation, enthusiasm. You know, that big ass kicking to get shit started on a Monday, we've just been testing and trialing that. But look, I'm all about results and return on investment. So for me, like if I invest two hours of my week doing something, I want to know that I'm able to get that time back. If I'm able to invest, you know, money in anything that I do, I want to be able to get an ROI or return on investment on that time and that money, which I don't think is the way that most people operate. You know, like most people waste time and they waste money, which is why I get all those messages where people like, I need to change my life. But then at the same time, they don't do anything and they try to figure it out themselves without realizing, you know, I've got 20 years of knowledge working with people. I could probably save them two to three years of fucking around trying to figure shit out if they just came to an event like Thrive Time or for some of the business owners that are under $10 million, the access that I've had to people with knowledge that I've got and also having our own multi-million dollar business as well and also having investments in other businesses and things like that. You know, most people don't think about return on investment. They waste time because they're trying to do everything on the cheap. But if you waste time, you probably waste money as well. And if you waste money, you probably waste time as well. Whereas intelligent people realize that 
both money and time need to be considered an investment or a liability. You're either going to waste time and you're going to waste money or you're going to invest time and you're going to invest money. I'm always looking at ROI and seeing what's going to produce the best results in the shortest time frame. And I think, you know, giving people access to a podcast every day that they can listen to on the drive to work or on their way home, whatever. I just hope that it helps a lot of the community out there. And also from what I've heard as well, there are a lot of people out there. We've got a pretty amazing audience of people that we call the driven mofos, which we came up with last year because we realized that a lot of people out there are driven for more. And the rules of the game change in life like the majority of motivation self-help self-development psychology psychotherapy all of those things normally it's someone who has massive problems and their life's all fucked up and they're trying to get off the bottom or they've gone through a massive rut and they're trying to get out of it but most of it's aimed towards making or bringing people to averages and so there's all these labels and all of that sort of shit that people go through which i don't think helps them thrive it just helps them be average and so i also want to share information that helps people like myself that are driven for more. Like I don't wake up in the morning and go, you know, how can I just cruise through life? I sit there and I go, cool, how can I live for three months in the US and then live for three months in either Europe or Southeast Asia and get paid for it as we travel around the world? Like that's the way I think. And then I was like, shit, there's probably a lot of other people out there who go, how do I do cool shit and also get paid well for it? Like, how do I have a business that runs without me so I can go and take two weeks in holidays and still make profit? How can I take a month off and still get paid for that and go away with my family, my friends and enjoy life? And at the end of it, I come back with more money in the bank than what I left with. I'm assuming that there's a lot of people out there who are listening to this podcast who are like that, but don't know either where to start or they don't have the structures or they don't have the processes or they hang around a whole bunch of average people who say things like you work too much, you exercise too much, you know, you look after the kids too much and project this averageness on people. Now, I call those people slugs because they're slow. They just fucking cruise and they eat all the good shit around them and just turn it into shit, which is what slugs do in your garden. You grow your nice vegetables and then all of a sudden the slugs get in there. They eat all your good lettuce and everything like that and just leave shit everywhere and holes in all your lettuce and it turns everything to shit. And I think that's the way that a lot of society live without even realizing it. I just thought that, you know, there's a whole bunch of driven people out there like me who want more out of life, who probably feel guilty for wanting that as well and probably feel a little bit ashamed because, you know, if they say, fuck it, I want to make a million dollars a year. I want to be able to travel the world and get paid for it. Or I want to be able to have a month off with my friends and family and come back with more money in the bank than less, which is the opposite of how most other people think. And it's okay to do that. It's okay to say that without feeling guilty or ashamed. Like it's okay to have those goals, those dreams, but also that you want to work for them. And so, yeah, I just realized that there's very, very, very minimal information out there that helps those people to perform in that way. So, yeah, that's why I did it daily. I guess sometimes I've thought of this, but have you ever thought that, oh, shit, I have nothing else to talk about? I hope that sometimes you won't, but get <laughs> <laughs> some silence for five minutes. But I don't know. I'm almost stunned by that question because you know me too well. I enjoyed that. Five seconds right there. That was great. Yes, I go through stages where I go, shit, I think I've spoken quite a lot about similar topics. But then what I realized is that sometimes, as you know, I've read the same books sometimes five, six, even seven times. And every time I read it, I pull something different out of it. And what I realized is that most ignorant people in life think that because they read one book, they know it. Or they listen to one thing and they say, I know it. You've seen them before. Normally the people who come to the events and go, oh, I know all this stuff. They don't know shit. They're normally the ones who are the ones who are struggling the most. They struggle with implementation. There's a lot of people out there who convince themselves because they've heard something once that they know it, that they've implemented it and that it works. The hardest part isn't hearing it and just, you know, hearing it the first time. The hardest part is actually hearing it enough times that it becomes a habit. And it becomes something that you do regularly. And so what I realized is a lot of the time that if I, I say the same things, like I get on the phone, even with 
business owners that I've worked with for two or three years. And all of a sudden they're stuck. And I go, excellent, let's go back and revisit your values. And so I work with people to get super clear on their values because it's essentially their filtration system for reality. Their whole brain or all their senses from their eyes, their ears, touch, taste, sound, you know, all of that stuff. All of your senses get filtered through your values. And so everyone sees the world differently. If you get a millionaire walking down the street, someone who's built a business, they'll be calculating how much traffic or foot traffic a business has in and out of the doors. They'll be starting to calculate, you know, this business is selling, you know, I'm sitting here for five minutes. I've seen they've sold 10 coffees, you know, 10 coffees. We multiply that by six. You know, you've got 60 coffees an hour. The margins are this. So you've got a business person who's sitting there thinking like that when they're in a cafe, right? So that's the way that they filter the world. Then you've got someone else who's a mother. Now she walks in and she's focused on her kids. She's making sure that her kids are okay. And then other kids walk in and she's looking at the parents. She's looking at the kids and she's assessing are the kids going to be safe? Are they not going to be safe? Now you've got the same cafe, those two people sitting on the table next to each other. And their whole reality is completely different. The business person is consistently thinking about how to monetize something or numbers and data of the business and all of that stuff because that's their highest value. The mother who has the highest value of the children or the family, she's filtering the world through that value structure. So most people don't understand what their value structure are. So you get that mother goes out and starts a business. That business has a high likelihood of being unsuccessful. And I think it's 56% of businesses, I think I checked that number and that data this morning, 56% of businesses don't last four years. The majority of businesses are self-employed, so under four staff. I think it's 86% of businesses are under four staff, which essentially is self-employed individuals. So when you have a look at it, you've got most people starting their own individual business and them failing, and they're self-employed. Why? Because the truth is that most people who start a business don't really want a business. They want a lifestyle or they want to be able to support their family or they want other shit that's not to have a business. And so it creates a lot of chaos. It creates a lot of carnage. You know, when you've got someone who has $100,000 in the bank and they sink that into their business in the first six months and then a year later, they've made fuck all money and they're bankrupt or they've got to go get a job and maybe they've taken out more money on loan, you know, on credit cards and all that sort of stuff and max their credit out. That person now, before the business was 100 grand up, now they're negative 100 grand in the bank account, but they've probably got 60 or $70,000 in debt as well that they've got to pay off over the next, you know, five to 10 years of them working a nine to five job. They should have just kept their job and understood their value structure. So I guess my point is, is that even when I'm working with clients and I talk about values, I've been talking about it for four or five years and then they'll still come in and they have a problem. And I show them how they didn't assess everything through their value structure and they go, shit, I forgot again. It's not so much about what you've heard. It's how well do you remember what you've learned so much so that it just becomes the way you think. And that's where most people fuck up because they'll read a book and they go, I've read the book or they hear something like my podcast and they go, I've heard this shit before. Like I've heard the value stuff. So then they jump into the next podcast and they're always looking for something. And they're learning all this stuff. Like I think one of the most ignorant things that most people say is I know all this shit or I know this, you know, and you've seen it before. We've had a whole bunch of fucking people come to our events before. Not lately because I think we've got a new demographic like over the last three to four years, most of the people who come are very driven. They're business owners or they're corporates or they're professional athletes or they're just people who want more out of life and know that they don't fit the average agenda that most people have, which is like, you know, I just want to cruise through life. I just want everything to be easy. I don't really want to work hard. And like all that shit's cool. Like I don't really want to work hard and, and I wish I was comfortable all the time, but I know that- You're only going to get so far. Yeah, and comfort isn't the place where you get optimum growth. And for me, the best days that I have are the days that I push myself or the best weeks that I have are the days where huge obstacles and problems come up. 
and I have to try and figure those things out and you've got to work through them. And at the end of the week, you go, I'm proud of the efforts that I put in. That's what I look for in life more than I look for just sitting on the couch watching TV. In fact, you've seen me before, you know, if I have too much free time and I just bum around, I start getting flat. I start feeling a bit depressed. I get down on myself. You start getting sluggish and tired and you just feel like shit about yourself. And then you start feeling like shit about life because life becomes a projection of the way you feel about yourself. So I would much prefer to just stay driven and do shit and work. I don't like using the term work hard because it doesn't have to be hard. It's just that you have to get shit done and push yourself to... Like challenge yourself. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about, do I have enough stuff to talk about? I think so. Because unless everyone who's listened to the podcast is implementing everything that I've spoken about at such a high level that I'm going and learning from them, then probably they're not implementing enough as what they think they are. And you know, I know I go through stages like that as well, where I've got mentors and stuff and I learn off of, and they'll tell me the same thing a hundred times before I actually click and get it. You know, you just got to have the right information at the right time for things to click. And so, you know, I think if you look at the greatest thinkers on the planet, they always say, you know, you can't hear good information enough times. So yeah, that's how I think about it anyway. And I like sharing a lot of my journey as well, because I think also the majority of business courses out there or business professionals are full of shit. And they will tell you all these nice, easy ideas about how easy business should be or how things should be comfortable or how things shouldn't be too hard or how easy it's going to be. But the truth is, when you look statistically, if you've got 56% of businesses failing within the first four years, you essentially have 44% of businesses that survive longer than four years. And then when you have a look at whatever it is, 86% or whatever it is, it's up in the 80s or 90s percent of businesses that don't hire more than four staff, you essentially have these really small businesses that will never grow beyond the reliance of the founder or the person who started the business or the business owner. Like essentially they're trapped for life. They take a week off, cash flow drops. You know, they go away for two weeks, they come back with less money than what they did when they left. That's business ownership for most people. So, you know, I just want to keep sharing good information that's true and reliable and really helps people. You know, like you saw it last week where we've got multiple messages from Business Growth Odyssey attendees telling us how much money they made. Like Adam, who I've spoken about before in this podcast, started, I think, with $800,000 in sales in his business before he came to Business Growth Odyssey. Within the first year, he was up to, I think, was it $4 million or whatever in revenue just from, you know, like what he'd learned in Odyssey and putting that in. And much to his credit as well, like he's been working hard, but $4 million. And then, you know, I just got a message from him last week. I think he did $3 million in sales in like a month because of a whole bunch of stuff that's gone on. And then now he's having million dollar months every month. And like he's in year two, of being part of Business Growth Odyssey and we're just chatting, you know, I'm trying to help him out because the business is growing so quick because of the product and service he offers. It's in high demand at the moment. So his business is going nuts. And, you know, also Riley as well, who sells solar panels, you know, when he came, he hadn't made his first million dollars. And within less than 12 months, he's doing million dollar months. And so these are the messages that I'm getting from people who are implementing the stuff that I teach. You know, it's not just about hearing it. It's about actually going and implementing it, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, and then refining that information as well. So that's why I want to share this information because it works. And I think that's a good lead into the next part which I was going to ask you, which is like what happens? I mean, obviously you've been doing this for like 12, 15 years mm-hmm. in the mindset area. Like what happens if people don't work on their mindset and their emotional management and understanding themselves? Like what? happens to people's lives and that you've observed? It's a really good question because I was only thinking about this the other day. I was watering a lawn and I was just thinking about why is it that so many people are afraid to tap into their mindset? And I think most people are just really scared. 
they're really afraid. It's almost like mindset is this mystical thing that, you know, like if your mindset's not working right, it means you're fucked up or you're shit or you're worthless or you're not good enough or whatever. Because I find it really interesting that if someone's overweight and they start exercising and training, most people around them will support them for that thing, right? But when it comes to mindset, when someone doesn't have the right mindset, there's this, and I know people talk about it as a stigma, but it's almost like there's this stigma that there's something wrong with the individual. Instead of it just being like, if something doesn't work, there's always a problem. Like it's just in life, we have obstacles and barriers and that's part of growth, right? So like in any area, if you have problems with your finances, it doesn't mean that you're a shit individual. It doesn't mean that you're a loser. It doesn't mean that you're fucked up. It just means that you've got problem with your finances and you just need to go and work on that stuff and you'll figure it out and then it'll bring up another problem. You fix that problem, you keep going and all of a sudden your finances grow. But like when it comes to mindset and mental performance, I don't think most people think of it the same way. So a lot of people avoid doing it. Like, I mean, you've seen the amount of messages that I get every week where people are like, oh, I want to come do one of your events or I should come and do something with you. And I get on the phone and I talk to them and oh yeah, but you know, and then they justify their position and you know, it takes them bloody three, four, five years to make a decision. I would say that 90% of the people who say I don't have the money or can't afford it to come will then post on their Instagram accounts or their Facebook accounts from what I've seen, you know, their Louis Vuitton handbag or their new car or their new clothes. And I go, why is it that they're happy to go out and buy a $5,000 handbag, but you ask them for two and a half grand to work on the biggest problem in their whole life, which is their mindset and their fucking head. Why is it that there's such a barrier or such a shame or such a like, I don't need to work on it. And maybe it's just because it might be like, it's just a thing that you don't see. Maybe it's that, like maybe that- It's not tangible, like physical tangible thing. Well, I don't I don't agree with that at all because it is tangible. It's super tangible. Like you look at your bank account, I can show you what your mindset's like based on your bank account. You know, like if your bank account is volatile, I guarantee your mindset's volatile. I guarantee if you spend more money on looking good rather than being good, that's a mindset pattern problem. Like, so I don't think that it's not tangible. It's just people don't think about it being tangible. You know, like I heard that all the time, right? When we first started this stuff, it's like, well, mindset is not a tangible thing. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Like, have a look at the dude's life. Like his life's fucked. Why is his life fucked? Because his mindset's fucked. Like you fix his mindset, you fix his life. You know, you fix their mindset, you fix their bank account, you fix their mindset, you fix their business, right? Like the business owner goes in there is erratic. The business is going to be completely erratic. If the business owner is more calm, and I went through that stage as well, which you've seen, you know, when I'm calm and when I know what needs to happen in the business, the business tends to be really productive. When I can learn fast enough and implement things in the business fast enough with the team, the team is super productive. When I'm erratic and bouncing around and everything's on my shoulders, then the team are all erratic. They're running around. You know, I run around and go, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And the team are like, oh, we're so busy. And you're like, well, where the fuck are the results? Well, it's a direct reflection of the owner's psychology. And so if the owner's not keeping everything calm and productive, then everything else isn't going to become productive in the business. So there's a direct effect but I just think that because people can't see it, they turn a blind eye to it and they think that ignorance is bliss. I think it's like most things in life, right? Like a mechanic knows about cars. And when you go to a mechanic and you go, look, there's this little noise, the mechanic goes, oh shit. Like when I was a diesel mechanic, we used to know certain problems about certain types of models because you knew that they were built in a certain way where they would have certain problems. And so the mechanic can predict very predictably what problems certain machines would have or certain cars would have based on the way that they were built. When I look at that, that same model applies to human psychology, right? When you've worked with enough people, you realize, and you're highly skilled, which I would assume that I would be up there with the top 1% of 
people in this industry. Now, when you know that and you've worked with enough people, you start to see very common patterns of behavior. If I just talk to someone for two or three minutes, I can start breaking apart most of their patterns, their values, all of that stuff. And you've seen that at events where, you know, I can pick someone's values in two to three minutes. Now, I've had people come to our events and they've gone and done all these courses and they've tried to understand their values. Within two or three minutes, I can get them super clear on them and they've been looking for getting clear on their values for three, four, five years and read all the books and gone to all the seminars and they go, yeah, yeah, I know. But when I show them, they go, oh, fuck, I didn't know any of this stuff. So I guess I have a unique skill set that most people, even in my industry, don't have to be able to identify common patterns that people have that are very, very obvious. I just think that most people, first of all, are ignorant to the fact that mindset plays such a critical role in everything. Now, I don't wanna get into too much of this, but you've seen this in our events, right? That when I break down how the human brain works and that essentially our whole reality is filtered through our brain, right? So our eyes attach through the optic nerve into the visual cortex of the brain, which then sends information to other parts of the brain. Based on neuroscience, there's six times more information being fed back into the visual cortex from our past memories than what we actually see with our eyes. So when someone says, I know what I saw, their brain is telling them that what they saw, it's not their eyes. Your eyes don't see what you see. Your brain tells you what you see. And there is six times more information going from your past experiences that are filtering what your eyes see. So, you know, like your past has a massive impact on the way you see the world. And also this is the reason why people can be triggered. Like you can say a word and it triggers some people and they fly off the fucking handle. That's not the word that triggers a person. It's their past experiences and their memories and all that that are filtering that word now that are giving context, that are creating reactions, all of those things. Your brain is a huge filtration system and nothing you know in your reality hasn't been filtered through your past experiences. When someone says, you know, I can't grow my business or I'm stuck with my health or, you know, I'm not getting the results that I want financially or I keep going around in circles, that's your brain. That's not what's happening outside of you. That is your brain. It's your filtration system. And so when someone comes along and they think that I don't need to work on my mindset, good luck. Like it's fucking mental. Like I just find that it is such a ignored factor to success. It's like 99% of a person's success has to do with how their brain operates. And that operating system consistently be wired, unwired, rewired based on neuroplasticity, which means that your brain is always changing and always evolving. So you get someone like me who as a child was picked on quite a lot. Then now all of a sudden, like someone can call me stupid, fat. You've seen people do this before, you know, on social media, like I get attacked. I don't even get triggered unless if I want to play around with them in order to get more views or in order to get more people seeing the post based on the algorithm, I'll fuck around with them a little bit. But I don't normally take it to heart too much like I used to because I have changed the way my brain operates. Now, financially, when I was a kid, I had a massive spending problem where I would spend 100% of the income that I got. Well, I had to rewire my brain in order to become you know, financially abundant and to build a brain and a mindset like someone who was wealthy, which I guess now that's why we're probably in the top, I don't know, one to 5% of the population financially because of that rewiring. And I know you've gone through a lot of that as well because you've got to work with some clown that works in human behavior who's always you know, pushing buttons and helping you as well because your mindset impacts the way that I live and my mindset impacts the way you live. So we hold each other accountable to those things, like to the bullshit that we say to each other. We'll pick each other up on that stuff and hold each other accountable to being better. But I just think that most people are afraid to unlock their own mind and 
you know, this was really obvious recently, and I did a podcast about this, where I worked with one of the greatest athletes. Well, he was the greatest athlete in his sport in history. And I knew that he had some problems with his mindset that he was struggling with. And he kept posting stuff on social media, trying to get help and saying that nothing was working to help him with the result that he was struggling with. And I'd sent him a message and we started a conversation and we're going back and forward and it was good chat. And I said, look, I think we need to tee up a bit of a session to work through some of this stuff and I'm happy to work with you on this. And he said, I would rather die than have someone, you know, tap into my mindset. Now that mindset has made him world champion and probably the world's greatest athlete in his field. But it was also the thing that was causing a lot of chaos in his life in a certain area where it was actually, you know, causing a lot of problems, but he just didn't want to fix it because he was afraid of tapping into his mindset. So I guess I'm a little bit surprised with that response from him, but maybe just like most people, they need a lot more pain and they need a lot more suffering. I just think that most people will waste their life. Hence why I say at the podcast, most people waste their life and I just don't want to be one of them. But you know, when I look at my grandfather and you were there for the last couple of weeks of my grandfather's life, he cried most of it because when he was about to pass away, he just said, you know, I never got to live the life that I wanted to live. And that's how most people, most people are going to die that way. They're just going to look back at their life and go, I fucked up. Like I wasted it. And you're not going to get another chance. Like you're fucking dead after that. And so mortality, I think plays a very strong factor in my decision making where I know I'm going to die and nothing's going to matter. I look at that and I go, if I was going to make a decision where it didn't matter, what would that decision be? And a lot of the time I'm happy to tap into my mindset and tap into things that most people are afraid of, because I know if I don't deal with it now, I'm, I'm going to end up like my grandfather where he could have lived the life that he wanted to, but he just kept doing what everybody else did because he was just trying to fit in. He was trying to be liked by others. He was a people pleaser. You know, he always wanted to make everyone else happy around him at the expense of himself. You know, he wasn't able to make decisions without running it by everybody. That's most people. And we've had a lot of very harsh conversations over the years that have been, I know, very challenging for you because when I want to do something, I just go, here's what I want to do. Here's why I want to do it. And sometimes you say, no, I don't want you to spend money on that. And I go, well, fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway because here's my reasoning. And that's just the way it's going to be because, you know, I have to be okay with the life that I'm living. And sometimes I do things that don't work and I make mistakes, but I learn from them and I always come out better. And I think you do too. I know that when we first started dating and living together, that became like, we used to butt heads on the way that we spent money and all of that stuff. Whereas I think now you're a lot more trusting because even when I do things where I fuck up or I make mistakes, I always go back, I learn from them, and then I try not to make that mistake again, and I'll move forward and progress. So for me, everything is learning. And no matter what, I'm always getting better. Because when I make mistakes, and I learn from them, I can do something better next time. Or if it works, I do something better anyway. So I'm always thinking about growth versus like, what are the problems? What are the challenges? What are the obstacles? And I don't get caught in that shit. Like you've been there plenty of times before where we don't have the money to do something. But I won't sit around and go, oh, we don't have the money to do it. I go, well, how do we get the money? How do we figure this out? And so I ask good questions that then open up my mind or our mind to be able to solve those problems. So yeah, I don't know if that even answered the question, but I was just on a roll there, as you know. <laughs> well, based on that, like obviously the next question is like, you obviously grow really fast and obviously being a coach to industry and stuff like that. But like what drives you to grow fast? Is it like that thing of mortality like you're just speaking about or yeah, what drives you? That's a good question. I definitely think it is mortality. As you know, my best friend's three-year-old niece back when I was younger got killed in a car accident. And I think that was a huge wake-up call. Before that, I was just on autopilot. You know, I had the job. I was a diesel mechanic. You know, everyone around me were all tradies as well. And so they would go to work in order to make money so that they could just spend it on lifestyle. They would work just enough to pay off their house to buy a car, boat, jet ski, whatever bullshit that they wanted to try and make them feel good. They would then hang around all our other mates 
complain about how shit their job was, how much of a wanker everyone else was. They were very critical of other people around them because I guess in a way they wanted to achieve, they wanted to be successful and so they would pull people down around them if anyone else was achieving more than them or they would point out all the faults of everybody else around them just in a way to, I guess, make themselves feel better about their choices and maybe they were just ignorant and didn't know any different or anything better. And I just remember like my friendships, even though they were exciting, they were extremely heavy. Like, you know, I would hang around my mates and we'd just drink all the time. Most of my mates back then used drugs as well. So they would just, you know, sit around and smoke bongs and stuff like that. I never got into that, but I would drink a lot. And so we'd all just get drunk and then we'd go out and we'd party. And at the end of the weekend, we'd have no money and then we'd go back to work again and we'd work. And like the ultimate goal for success was being able to have the new jet ski. So we'd go up to the Riverland on the weekend, we'd all go water skiing, wakeboarding. And it was a lot of fun, but life was always a struggle. Like I was working just to have weekends. And after a while, I think I was starting to question everything. Like, is this the best that life has to offer? And then having my mate's three-year-old niece, Georgia, killed in a car accident, I just realized life just gets taken away just like that. Like, we don't have a choice sometimes. Like, we can be here one day and we're dead the next. I sure as hope that I'm living in a way where I enjoy it. Like, if I died tomorrow, would I be happy? And the answer would probably be no. Would have I been proud of the effort and the work that I put in as a person? The answer would be yes. Like, I still think that there is such a gap. Like, I don't even think we're at, like, 1% or 2% of what... I know in my head are my visions and my missions. But in saying that every day I'm learning, I'm trying to be better and I'm growing because I know that if I can keep growing to be a better business person, that opens up more opportunities as well to be able to do more business with other people, to grow other joint ventures. So instead of worrying about all of those opportunities, I just worry about being better every day. And then the same with my health. Like if I can be better, a little bit better every day, if I can work through a lot of problems, same as our relationship as well. Like, you know, we argue, we have problems and faults like all relationships, but we're always working through it to try and create a better relationship. And, you know, I would assume that our relationship is better than most. Like, you know, we get along, I was going to say very well, but it depends on the moment and it depends on the day. Even if we're pissed off with each other, what would you say, you know, how long are we normally pissed off with each other if we're pissed off? Like what? Oh, like at the most, probably like a couple of hours. Mm. And then you just like, like, well, you got to work through it. Like, mm. what are you going to do otherwise? But I know people as well who, you know, their partner won't talk to them for a week. Like, we have that rule. Like, we don't go to bed angry. Like, we've never really gone to bed angry. I think one night I remember us not talking before we went to bed. And to me, that's like a non-negotiable. That's a no-go. Like, you go to bed and you make sure that all your shit from that day is sorted. And... You know, most of the time, like if we get an argument or whatever, I know that that's a miscommunication between both of us. Like there's something I'm trying to communicate and you're trying to communicate and it's not in alignment. So, you know, we might get pissed off and frustrated when emotions are high, intelligence is low. So it's get your emotions out and then go back and think about it and then come back together and talk in an intelligent way, problem solve it and then move forward. I think we do it relatively well. I think mortality plays a huge factor. And I think that people that don't think about death consistently almost on a daily basis never truly live. And you know, like when you look at an extreme sports athlete, they face death every day. If they're doing triple backflips on a motorbike, they know that when they're lining up to hit that ramp, that they could potentially break their back, break their neck and be paralyzed for the rest of their life or could potentially die on that bike. The same as skydivers, base jumpers, you know, rally drivers, Formula One drivers. So they're always thinking about death, but that's also the reason why they do sports where they're in the top 0. .0000 whatever percentage of the globe because they're doing something that is so phenomenal and so remarkable. They're living life to the extreme. Now, some people would say, well, you know, like look at these certain types of people. They might die by the age of 30, but by the age of 30, they've achieved more than most people achieve by the average life expectancy in Australia of 84. So, you know, would you rather live 30 years of your life and have achieved more than most people will in 84? Like, 
I don't know. I don't think that living for a long time is necessarily the best thing because people get lazy and complacent. Like if you got told you had two years to live, you would probably live way differently than if you had 50 years to live. Now, most people never think about it. Like most people that are working right now are thinking about retirement. So if they're 35, they're thinking about 65, 30 years of work, fuck this. I just want my holidays. And so they just go like that. But then they get to 65 and they go, what am I going to do now? Same as my grandparents. Mm. What am I going to do now? They've essentially still got another 20 years of just struggling. Like they struggle financially. The majority of people who are that age are now sick. They're highly medicated. They're essentially not even living. They're just surviving. So they've wasted their whole entire life to get to a place where they're going to retire, where this miracle place is going to be. But then they get there and they fucking hate it anyway. It's not the thing that they want to do. And their life sucks. Like to me, that scares the shit out of me. And that's not how I want to live. And that's why I share this stuff because of I hope that our community don't want to do that as well. So then what do you recommend to people like if they haven't had that shock of death or shock of like, oh, my life's, you know, I've only got one shot of this. Like, what do you recommend that they do to get on that growth path? Good question. Well, the first thing is you've got to be honest with yourself and you've got to be honest as to what your visions and your mission is. So like when I wake up in the morning, I see a hundred million dollar company or companies, a global enterprise where we're talking about being able to travel the world, helping educate people on mental performance and emotional performance and also helping their businesses to grow. Because I know that about 99% of all success is psychology. Like the strategy is part of it, but you give a good strategy to someone who is incapable mentally of implementing that stuff effectively and following it through, they're not going to do it. The first thing is you have to become self-aware. And I think self-awareness is the thing that most people lack. Then number two is you have to then start making decisions with courage. Because most people make safe decisions and they make comfortable decisions, but that's not necessarily what you need. Courage is what most people need because most people's decision-making strategy is based on fear, worries, and concerns, which now pushes them down in the amygdala, which is a more primitive part of the brain. That's our emotional center. And remember when emotions are high, intelligence is low. And so most people live their life making unintelligent decisions that are based on their emotions and how they feel, wanting safety, comfort, and security, which if you look at an animal or any living organism, will naturally make them play safe. When they play safe, they're focusing on survival, not thriving. And humans have this amazing capacity to be able to thrive in life. Like we can live however we want to live, but we have to use a different part of the brain, which is based on our visions, our missions, our values, and having clear goals, which is exactly what I go through at Thrive Time. And the reason why I go through that is because the more you make desperate decisions in your life, the more desperation you're going to live in. The more you make inspired decisions, the more inspired your life is going to be. But to make inspired decisions, especially at first, you have to have a lot of courage because you're gonna butt up against friends, family, you're gonna have doubts about things. Like you remember, cause I had to borrow money off you to do courses back in the day. You were working in a corporate job and we were dating and I would borrow money off you to go to seminars and events. Mm -hmm. And I get on the phone these days and people are like, oh man, I don't have the money. But at the same time, like I said, the Louis Vuitton handbag, the cars, all that shit, that you know, they're going out and buying $300 shirts, but then complaining about the cost of what it could cost them to go and do something like a Thrive Time event or whatever event. But they just lack the courage, like they're trying to fit in they're not trying to stand out and do something great. And if you're trying to fit in, you can't stand out. And in this day and age, there are a lot of rich looking people that are broke as shit. And there are a lot of really unsuccessful people, especially with Instagram and all that crap that are looking like they're achieving a lot, but they're actually not doing anything. And it's just because, you know, they're more worried about how they look than what's actually going on in their lives. And that only lasts for a short period of time before everything crashes down. Like you can only build a house of cards so high before it falls apart. Most people just living a shitty existence. They're living a life of quite desperation. They make desperate decisions. They lack the courage. They just don't want to put their balls on the line to make shit happen. But that's also going to be the thing that's going to tear them apart when they're older.
All right, any other quick questions? What does Michael Mojo do outside of business and coaching? Hang out with you. We spent a bit of time together. I love training and exercising, so I've just started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu again. I like that, I love weight training. So I have friends come around, like you know, or some of our Growth Odyssey participants will sometimes come over and we'll go for a drive or something like that. So I normally will take some of our community members like our business odyssey people or my private clients will go out for lunch or go out for dinner or we'll take the cars out or something like that. I like going for drives because I love listening to music and I love just clearing my head with a drive. Love exercising because it does the same thing and also it helps me to learn about myself. I enjoy hanging out with you as well and spending time with you. But I think our relationship is different as well where we go out and we talk a lot about business. We talk a lot about our goals, our dreams, our mission, and so on. So I find them quite interesting. Yeah, I like spending time with people. Normally during the week, I quite heavily focus on learning a lot about business and strategy and all that. After hours, I prefer to focus on things like philosophy or you know, studying other things that also relate to business and human psychology, but also help me to think differently as well. Thank you very much, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please remember, if you're loving this stuff, Please remember to keep sharing it and make sure you've rated and reviewed this podcast. It does make a massive difference. You know, I'm really wanting to share this information and good business information with more people out there. So please, if you can this week, just remember to share it with one person. And I also want to say a massive thank you to each and every one of you as well. I wouldn't have hit 200 episodes if it wasn't for the amazing amount of people who have listened to these podcasts. I think we're at about 25,000 downloads now. So we're absolutely crushing it. I think that it's because of all of you. Like I tend to do stuff because again, it's the ROI. So if we keep getting more and more people listening to it, I'll keep doing it. I would love to answer more questions and go more in depth into things, but I just need to know like what you like, what you don't like. So please shoot me a message on any of my socials as well and let me know if you've got any questions about business, mental performance, wealth creation, any of that stuff that I really love talking about, more than happy to answer them. But anyway, a massive thank you to each and every one of you for helping us to get to 200 episodes. You all fucking rock. Keep kicking hard, keep pushing hard and achieving great results. Anyway, thank you from me and thanks from the Queen as well. Say bye, Queen. Bye, I'll see you in another 200 episodes. Hey, okay, there you go. You've heard it from the boss. Anyway, have a great day, Driven Mofos. I look forward to seeing you on here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Take care, everybody. 